only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Sorry for the late start, but uh, we're right here all ready to rock and roll. And this is the second installment of the WWS Radio Network, episode number 53 of the one and the only NWO Wolfpack. I'm, of course, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. And, of course, tonight I have here with me out here thus far. And, of course, with more to come here, part of the infamous uh, panel way too tough to handle, of course, a major part of the WWS Radio Network. Of course, I do have here on the line here with me the, uh, thus far. Uh, one half of the news tag team, uh, King Eyes, I have the Iceman himself, J.D. Jeremy Geralmo, of course, uh, a 2015 WWS Hall of Famer. Of course, also part of Raw Radio and all of our other shows here in the radio network. And on the chat box here <clears throat> uh, tonight, also from Raw Radio, the first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. Uh, gentlemen, uh, welcome, so far, of course, so far to episode number 53 of the one and the only, uh, uh, often imitated, but, of course, by all means, never, ever duplicated, the one and the only Wolfpack. Indeed. And, ladies and gentlemen, of course, here tonight, uh, of course, uh, our uh, old, our uh, way, the way we always start off our shows here in the radio network is our wrestling news and views, and, of course, our history and our birthdays, all provided by our three main guys here, of course, King Ice, King and W-O-T-T-S, Gerard T. Smith, and the Iceman himself, J.D. Jared DiGirolamo, plus, of course, the human suppressed machine, John Gross, who's violence with history and birthdays here tonight. And then, of course, uh, later on, some uh, general wrestling discussion. And here's some fantasy stuff. It could be a bracket. It could be some matches. Uh, who knows what it could be? But, of course, we'll definitely throw it out there. Like I said, it could be just, once again, like I said, some just pure old-fashioned general wrestling talk about what's going on in the world of wrestling here today. So if you care to join uh, myself, J.D., and John, and, of course, everyone that will pop on here on the air here tonight, please feel free to give us a call here. 
All right, on the second installment of the radio network, episode number 53, Wolfpack, 1-724-444-7444. That call ID is 138-521-POUND. And press the 1 if you want to chime in on anything that we all have to say here this evening. And we would love to hear about everything, anything and everything that we do have, that we do. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on everything that we do have to talk about here this evening. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, here tonight, we'll, we'll probably we'll kind of switch things around here a little bitty bit. Uh, of course, we do are, are expect uh, the other half of our news tag team, King Ice King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith, the heart and soul of Wolfpack right here to make a, to, to, to appear here momentarily. Uh, so while we wait on while we wait on him to, uh, of course, to come on with J.D. to help provide the rest of the news and news, the human suppressed machine, John Gross, has also provided us here with a huge amount of wrestling history and birthdays here for today, for the final day of June. <clears throat> so I figure we go ahead and just go ahead and take care of that and knock that out and all that while we wait for some more of our folks to pop on here on the show here tonight uh, to go ahead and get our uh, show underway. So we're going to go ahead and dive right on into our wrestling histories and birthdays here for today, here the last day of June, June the 30th. Let's see what we have going on here in the wrestling histories and birthdays here today. Uh, and uh, JD, of course, as always, you will find a lot of this really, really interesting. So we're just going to dive see what we dive on into and see what we have. So <clears throat> sit back and listen and relax and see what we got going. Let's see what we got going on here. On this day here, 55 years ago uh, today, which would be put it at about 1961, I do believe, in Chicago, in Chicago, Buddy Rogers defeated Pat O'Connor in a two-out-of-three falls match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. That is very historic. Of course, two years later, he would be the WWF champion. Oh, okay. Very, very, very. That's the one who uh, won the belt from in D.C. two years later, May of 63. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, R.J.D. A little tack on that. I do appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, 21 years ago today, which we put it at about uh, 1995, I do believe, yes. Uh, Raven and Steven, Steven Richards defeated Public Enemy to regain the ECW Tag Team titles. It aired on the 4th of July edition of ECW Hardcore TV. Ah, yes, <clears throat> great show right there indeed. 19 years ago today, 1997 on Monday Night Raw. Uh, very interesting moment here, J.D., I think you might remember this moment. <clears throat> Paul Bearer announced the Undertaker's devastating secret after the Undertaker had turned his back on Paul Bearer and Vader the week after. Paul Bearer threatened to give away the secret if the Undertaker did not return to him. In May of that year, the Undertaker returned to Paul Bearer, but if the Undertaker did not do what Paul Bearer told him to do, Bearer would extensively announce the Undertaker's secret, which would be a mistake for the Undertaker who turned on Vader and Paul Bearer the week after. Paul announced the, <clears throat> in the interview that Undertaker burned a funeral home which contained his father, mother, and his little brother. The father and mother perished, but later on in the show, as Undertaker interfered in Vader's match against Rockabilly, which I believe that was Billy Gunn, yes. Undertaker, okay, uh, Undertaker choked uh, Paul Bear out and threatened Paul Bear to tell the truth or he would kill him. Paul Bear fessed up and said that Kane was alive. Paul Bear kept threatening The Undertaker, saying that Kane would come to the WWF soon, and just four months later, after the secret was given out, Kane finally arrived, costing his big brother the first ever Hell in a Cell match against Shawn Michaels, setting up one of the best rivalries, perhaps, in the in the uh, Undertaker's historic career. Absolutely. Oh, Perfect. yes! 
Awesome. You spook me up every time you do that, JD. Oh my god. <laughs> but Exabat, great impression nonetheless. Not a good impression there indeed. Well that was the same day if you remember when Kane made his debut that weekend, that was the same weekend Brian Tillman passed away. That's right. Yes. Yes to me. I think we did a house show the night before. He was supposed to be at Bad Blood the next night in St. Louis, and they had a house show. I remember hearing that. It was on the film and DVD. They said, I think it was in Minneapolis. They found him in a hotel that Sunday morning. Oh, okay. Okay. And it might be announced here in this here in just a few minutes. I'll, if, I, if it is, I'll, I will mention it. So thank you very much for, for, for uh, informing us of that, J.D. Thank you very much. On this day in 2003, Hulk Hogan announced that his Mr. America character went on hiatus and stated that he quit WWE, citing unhappiness with the creative direction. Speculation ran rapid that he wasn't happy with his WrestleMania 19 payout. A few days later, in WWE, Hogan's Mr. America character was written off after footage showing that Mr. America was indeed Hulk Hogan on the, on the SmackDown show. Mr. McMahon announced that Hogan was fired from his contract. Hogan wrestled in Japan and was formally set to go to TNA, when Jeff Jarrett attacked Hulk Hogan with a guitar, but Hogan and TNA couldn't come to terms. Hogan's departure with WWE did not last long as he returned two years later in 2005, of course, to become a part of the WWE Hall of Fame. Y'all do remember that part. I remember when Hogan got attacked in Japan, Jarrett broke in the press conference and the Japanese media was wondering about that because it's actually on TNA's Space 50 Moments TV. He came in, Jimmy Hart's like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Jeff? He shoves Jeff out and he bonged Hogan right to the guitar. And I think that was, I mean, personally, in my opinion, I think that was part of retribution for Jarrett for what happened back in 2000, if you remember, at Bash oh. three years before. So that was probably payback for Jarrett. Oh, that's right, because I think, what well, was it that uh, Russo told Jared to lay down, told right. Jared to lay down Ashton for a Hogan? 2000, right, yeah, and then yes. Russo okay. came out and said to everyone, including Hulk Hogan, and this well documented that he couldn't stand Hulk Hogan and told in his words, I mean, John, I will try to get a soundbite of that up on Raw Radio this Monday, and I can remember Russo's last words, and Hulk Hogan, you big, bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass, and he just slams it right down, right then and there, I mean, he was disgusted with Hogan. Bischoff talks about that on his on the uh, Bischoff DVD and uh, the WCW DVD. They talk about it a little bit, but they talk a little bit more in detail in the Bischoff DVD. And uh, JBL asked Bischoff about that uh, incident in Detroit, not Detroit, Daytona that year in 2000. And uh, we get to the bottom of the story. If I can find the clip of the whole thing, I'll, I'll forward it to you guys. It's a very, very interesting, like five or six minute uh, answer that JBL got from. Uh, Bischoff. I mean, Bischoff lays out the whole story of what really, really happened. He talks about it even in the book, Controversy Bates Catch, too. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, Sir J.D. I do appreciate that. Thank you very much. That same day, however, Gail Kim made her WWE debut winning the women's title in a seven-woman battle royal. Oh, I okay. That. Yes, indeed. Eleven years ago today, uh, today, which would be put it at uh, two, say, 2005, Five. yes, indeed. Yeah, Matthew Kay, of course, better known to everyone as Matt Stryker, made headlines when he was outed for using sick days to wrestle in Japan. It led to Stryker being publicly dismissed from his job and would be picked from from, from WWE. Stryker clarified the matter with PWInsider.com. He rarely paid any mind to the Internet, but felt the need to shed light on a few facts. He said that he never stole anything from the North, the, the, the New York City Department 
upon that upon that sick dead person, those were two entirely different things. He said that he offered to remit money for days paid in Japan. Uh, he resigned under advice from his lawyer, which resulted in a backlash of student and parent response because the students were receiving excellent instruction and pre- preparation from the New York City regents. Parents and members of the faculty organized petitions to return to his position. Stryker admitted that it was a fraud and that he was sorry. He stated that he was sick the week of his resignation. He had lumps removed from his back. Ooh. Uh, Kay, Kay continued his wrestling career with the WWE when he did his own talk show segment and managed the likes of Mark Henry and, of course, the late Big Daddy V, because we all remember him as Viscera and uh, Mabel, of course. He was the host for NXT, and he was the play-by-play announcer for ECW and also SmackDown. He left WWE in 2013, but he was the play-by-play announcer for Lucha Underground, which I think he still does that now. If I'm not yeah, sure. he still does that. He does it pretty well because I've seen him interview guys like Jimmy and Jay Russo, Ray Mysterio Jr., Alberto Del Rio. He did. It's very interesting. I mean, he's sort of like, uh, in a way, the um, Michael Cole of Lucha Underground. He gets on the back. Right. He kind of reminds me of Michael Cole to a certain degree. He so. does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but uh, I think we're short with weirder uh, hair. I don't know. On a state in 2005, Batista was the last man to be drafted on SmackDown after JBL had, had, had thought he won the SmackDown championship, but Theodore Long announced that JBL was actually the number one contender for Batista's world heavyweight title. Uh, I remember that moment, yes. On a state in 2008, CM Punk officially cashed in his Money in the Bank contract after Ed, uh, against Edge, after Batista put a beat down on Edge, Punk took advantage of a hurt Edge and won the World Heavyweight title, but Punk was not done. His first World Heavyweight title defense was against JBL on the same night, in which CM Punk won against JBL with help from John Cena and Crime Time. Okay. Uh, two years ago here, 2014, WWE Raw had some huge returns. Uh, uh, actually, four of them right here in the form of Chris Jericho, the Miz, the Great Khali, and AJ Lee. AJ's returned returned in her first match back since the night after WrestleMania 30, and less and less than 61 seconds defeated Paige to win the Divas title. So it was kind of a reverse about what happened. Okay, so very interesting, very interesting indeed. Uh, now it's birthday time here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's a happy birthday to Cody Rhodes. Of course, the son of Dusty Rhodes and the brother of Goldust, who today turns 30. 30? Wow. Uh, uh, 30, yeah. And I uh, hear some extensive history here, extensive uh, uh, history here on uh, Cody Rhodes. You might find a lot of this pretty interesting. Rhodes wrestled for WWE from 2007 through, of course, last May. His first feud in 2007 was against Randy Orton after Orton had harassed Rhodes' father, Dusty. Rhodes quickly burst on the tag team scene where he teamed up with Hardcore Holly to defeat Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch on the Raw 50th anniversary to win WWE, WWE, WWE tag team titles. Rhodes then turned on Hardcore Holly six months later and joined up with Ted DiBiase Jr. They both became the tag team champions and joined up with Randy Orton in 2009, forming Legacy. DiBiase and Rhodes would aid Orton in winning the 2009 Royal Rumble, although they were both in the Final Four. A year later, both Legacy turned on each other, and at WrestleMania, the three members wrestled in a triple threat match with Orton winning. 
Rhodes was trained to SmackDown and quickly adapted a new gimmick called Dashing Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I remember I remember the dashing part. That was pretty interesting. Uh, Rhodes was always protective of his face, but in January, Rey Mysterio did a 619 on Rhodes, resulting in a, broke, in a broken nose, forcing Rhodes to wear a mask. I remember the mask, too. Very interesting mask. At WrestleMania 27, Rhodes got redemption by defeating Rey Mysterio. In August, he won the Intercontinental title against Ezekiel Jackson. He had a tumultuous rivalry with Randy Orton in the fall with Orton hitting Rhodes with a ring bell, busting Rhodes open. The next week on SmackDown, Rhodes claimed he needed nine staples to close the wound. Mm, okay. The food came to a head in November when Orton defeating Rhodes in a street fight. At one point, Orton broke Rhodes, broke uh, Cody's mask, actually. Days later, Rhodes reappeared without his mask and claimed Orton had set him free, signaling the end of the, of the mask gimmick. Okay. Rhodes remained Intercontinental Champion with successful title defenses until he lost the belt at WrestleMania 28 to the Big Show, but won it back at Extreme Rules only to lose it again and over the limit. Rhodes teamed up with Damian Sandow later on in the year. Uh, the team was known as the Rhodes Scholars. I, do, I remember that team. They failed to win the tag team titles on separate occasions against Ken and Daniel Bryan, of course, known as Team Hell No. Sandow turned on Rhodes in the closing moments of the Money in the Bank SmackDown ladder match at Money in the Bank 2013, giving Sandow the win and Rhodes turning face since 2008. Rhodes was KFAB fired by the authority after Rhodes had failed to win a match against WWE champion Randy Orton. But both, but both Rhodes and his brother Goldust got their jobs back after they defeated the Shield at Battleground and also winning the tag team titles eight days later. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Against, against the Shield as well. Rhodes and Goldust would lose the titles at the Royal, at Royal, Royal Rumble in 2014 against the New Age Outlaws. The team would go on a losing streak until payback when Rhodes told Goldust that Goldust needed a better partner, and thus that led to the transformation to Stardust. They won the WWE Tag Team titles once again at Nia Champions, defeating the Usos, only for them to lose the belt to Survivor Series in a triple threat match. Stardust turned on his brother and began a singles career, but took some time off because of the death of their father, Dusty Rhodes. Stardust would later return and act in a feud with Neville and also uh, Stephen Amell, of course, from Arrow. At SummerSlam, Stephen Amell and Neville defeated Stardust and Stardust's partner at the time, King Barrett. Stardust continued his feud with Neville and then got into a feud with Titus O'Neil, with Titus telling Stardust to go back to, to be, just being Cody Rhodes. But Stardust continued his gimmick at WrestleMania just like the previous WrestleMania. He once again competed in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title, which was, of course, won by Zack Ryder. And in May, Rhodes revealed on Twitter that he would be gone from the WWE. <clears throat> he cited frustrations with WWE's department and his position with the company requesting the release, noting that he pleaded with writers to end the Stardust gimmick and pitch storyline ideas which had been ignored. And also, Rhodes is expected, another thing here, J.D., you might find this interesting, Rhodes is expected to face Johnny Gargano at Evolve 66 in August. How many times did he win the tag title? Because it seems like he won the tag titles an awful lot. Yeah, I think he, cause I think he won with Hardcore Holly I think, the first time. Then he had him with uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. And then I think he, uh, uh, let me see. That's like four or five times I'm thinking. 
Yeah, and then he never won him with Sandow, it says there. That's right. And then, of course, he won, he did, he won him with Goldust. Um, so he, he, he held him several different times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had several good team-ups. But, I, I mean, the only one I said that I have all the teams, the only one he didn't win it with, obviously, was with, when he was teaming up with Sandow. Yeah. Obviously, so... Um, Another birthday here, too. Happy 50th birthday to Iron Mike Tyson. Oh, uh, no. The baddest man on the planet. Yes. Tyson is best remembered for his time in the boxing ring. His famous, and of course, got, got, got some highlights right here about Mike Tyson as well. His famous victory was in 1988 when he beat Michael Spinks in 91 seconds. His most no, famous, his famous defeat, victory was 1986 when he beat Trevor Burdick in Vegas. Spinks was okay. the second match, I think. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I understand, but I understand what the man says. Okay. His most famous uh, <clears throat> defeat came on February 11th, 1990, when James, I think it's James Buster Douglas, knocked him out in Tokyo, Japan. Yep. Only two years later, he was convicted of raping a pageant contestant and was sentenced to six years in prison. This he returned to boxing. It. He returned to boxing again in '96 to win the WBA and WBC heavyweight championships, but he lost, lost by the end of the year. After he was defeated by Evander Holyfield, the next year Tyson was disqualified in the rematch for biting Holyfield's ear. I remember watching. I remember watching that fight. Me and my friends watched that fight, and that was one of the craziest fights we've ever watched. Oh my goodness! Yeah. After that bout, his boxing license was revoked. He was banned from boxing in the U.S., but Tyson would end up making a WWF appearance. He appeared at the Royal Rumble in 1998 as a guest spectator watching the action as he watched his friend Stone Cold Steve Austin win the Royal Rumble and also doing the suck it gesture to Shawn Michaels just before HBK's match against The Undertaker. Next night on Raw, the confrontation was heard around the world when McMahon tried to announce Tyson's role at WrestleMania 14. Stone Cold came out to confront Tyson. This is what Austin said to Tyson. I respect what you've done in the boxing ring, but you... I hear Connors are the baddest man on the planet. Right now you got your bitty little eyes out on the eyes of the world's toughest SOB. I remember, I remember this speech. Also, and they all love the Sports Center, too. Yes, of course, indeed. Oh, it made, oh, it made all the headlines. Austin gave the middle fingers to Tyson, and Tyson shoved Austin down, resulting in a huge fight between the two with the man scream, screaming, you ruined it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you uh, ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, of course. In March, Tyson returned to the WWE to try to get in confrontation with Shawn Michaels, but HBK ripped his shirt by revealing a DX shirt, obviously, making Tyson join DX. His next notable WWF moment was kissing Austin in the forehead when Austin was attacked by DX at the Rage Party. He became the enforcer for the WrestleMania 14-man event between Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin. In a bit of irony, he paid $3 million, or the same amount he lost, Following the re- revocation of his boxing boxing license, Tyson declared bankruptcy in 2003 and retired from boxing three years later, with a career record of 50 wins and six losses with two no contests. He's more or less mellowed in recent years, doing a one-man show and launching a charity. He guest-hosted Raw on January 11th and teamed up with Chris Jericho to try to get revenge on DX in a non-title tag team a non-title tag team match. But instead, Tyson wore a DX shirt and punched out Jericho. And two years later, he joined the WWE Hall of Fame, of course, in 2012. He is a member of the international. Also, he's a member of the International and World Boxing Halls of Fame. Well, obviously, he deserves to be in that too, of course. Uh, another, ooh, 
Oh. And he also was a famous actor in, of course, the Hangover movies, too. Yes, I do remember that. Absolutely. Look, uh, and he's just like, he's like playing uh, in the air tonight. He's like, listen to this, y'all listen to this. And he's just singing along. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Uh, we have another birthday in. J.D., this is going to definitely blow your mind. I think you're going to love this. A happy 72nd birthday to the legendary Hall of Famer, Terry Funk. One of my all-time favorites. Yes. he Funk started his career in 1965 when he joined the NWA Western States Wrestling. He and his brother, Dory Funk Jr., rose up to the ranks as a team and singles matches against top names by Ernie Ladd and Hank James. In 1975, he beat Jack Briscoe for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. His historic reign ended when Harley Race beat him for the belt. The Funk Brothers made a mark in Japan as well. Funk did make his WWF debut in 1985. In his televised debut, he beat Aldo Marino. Of course, I mentioned this one right here before, but he beat on Mel Phillips after Phillips made the mistake of putting Funk's cowboy hat on. Funk had a gimmick of carrying a branding iron with him and used it to brand his fallen opponents. The attack on Phillips led to a feud with the junkyard dog. Oh, okay. And <clears throat> Funk and the Funk Brothers were managed by Jimmy Hart. At the time, he had a heated rivalry with the Junkyard Dog, which led to a match between Terry Funk, between uh, yeah, Terry Funk and Hoss Funk defeating T- Tito and Tito Santana and JYD at the second WrestleMania. He had a series of WWE title matches with Hulk Hogan. Funk returned to the NWA in 1989. The feud with Ric Flair leading to their feud at Clash of the Champions, with Flair defeating Funk in an I Quit match. Funk reappeared in WCW in 1994, wrestling Tully Blanchard to a double DQ at Slamboree. He was a member of Colonel Robert Parker's stable. Oh, we got a little bit. We got a little bit more here. Uh, <clears throat> let me see here. And I'm gonna take a. I'm, yes, I'm gonna take a little bit of a take a little bit of a breather. Right. I'm gonna take a little bit of a breather from telling the rest of this because I have to step away to do a three minute warning here. Of course, I am Rico. Remember that I am Rico. Do you want me uh, to give a little more information about uh, Funk, if I can? Well, I mean, I do have some more here. I have a bunch more of, them, okay. of it right here, but I'll finish it off. As, as J.D., uh, while, before, while if Gerard does happen to pop on, let him take over the plug. But for the time being, since he's not here, you take care of the plug and uh, just talk about a couple other If you have anything you wish to add in terms of, sure. like, wrestling news, whatever, you go ahead and add that on. I'll be back okay. to finish this in two minutes. You're going right ahead. I'll be right back. All right. And number is 1724-444-7044. Caller ID number 138521-POUND. This is episode 30, excuse me, 53 of Wolfpack Radio. Of course, you are listening to Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw, along with the Iceman, Jerry Dolan from Pittsburgh. Of course, the human soapbox machine, John Rose, as well, giving us some information today about a very special happy birthday to the legendary Terry Funk, who turned 72. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, this Saturday you can listen to the Power Hour at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time until 2 o'clock with Gerard T. Smith, just to show you chat in time, the Iceman, 141364, as we will give you the weekend review from Wolfpack Radio to Raw Radio to also Revolution to Wrestling Revisited. We will break it down for you, X's and O's, this Saturday. And don't forget this Sunday, Saturday as well, ladies and gentlemen. Right before the 4th of July, celebrate your Independence Day earlier with the Black Widow and Gerard T. Smith, Country 982 at 9 o'clock Eastern Time this Saturday night with Wrestling Attitude Radio. Of course, they will talk about Raw, SmackDown, NXT, the Weekend Review, 
and also give you an early taste and preview of Raw Radio, which this week, speaking of Raw Radio, ladies and gentlemen, we concluded our 40 Tower with a bang. And this Monday, ladies and gentlemen, coming up on the 4th of July, celebrate the 4th in style with John Gross, the human suplex machine, the infamous Iceman, and also the rest of our panel, however, who might stop by for episode 50. Yes, folks, 50 episodes will be celebrating this coming Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock. You might want to listen to that. The call ID number is 138744-POUND. So don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, a very special 50th birthday for Raw Radio this week on America's Birthday. Saturday, of course, a double dip with uh, outside, excuse me, the Power Hour, 141364-POUND. And, of course, Attitude Radio this Saturday night with the Black Widow and Gerard Keith Smith, 138982. Of course, you can also listen to us tomorrow night on Revolution 138055 pound to get it at 9 o'clock by tonight. You can also listen to us at 138521-POUND, and the numbers are all the same, 174-444-7444. Some other stuff to talk about, of course, as we mentioned, of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can go back and listen to all our shows each and every week on TalkShoe.com. Of course, Wrestling Revisited, 139926. Wrestling Debate, 139925-POUND, which, of course, aired last night as well as Outside the Ropes, of course, which you can listen to each and every Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. as we talk about the latest movies, music, TV, sports, non-related to wrestling, as well as other sorts of events. And the caller ID number for that is 141387-POUND. And you can listen to Mr. WCWH and on all of the ice band and whoever's talking spy as well. Um, like I said, this Monday, folks, we will be celebrating our 50th birthday in style. Don't forget, America's birthday will be a special day indeed, as the Iceman, John Gross, of course, and whoever else swings by, including the phenomenal one, Gerard T. Smith, Black Widow herself, and Sheldon Dodson, whoever else swings by this coming Monday, as we will be continuing to break down for you in more ways than one of the latest news and notes this coming Monday, and also we might have a surprise for you coming up on America's birthday this Monday, so you might want to stay tuned to Raw Radio this coming Monday as we will be celebrating our 50th episode. Yes, folks, 50 episodes. Can you believe it? I can't believe it, but we will be definitely celebrating style coming up this Monday afternoon. Um, also, of course, as I mentioned, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to Revolution every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday night. Call ID number is one three five two pound one pound. Of course, you can listen to us every Thursday with Wolfpack Radio one three eight five two one pound. Sorry, I meant to say Revolution <laughs> was one three eight oh five five pound. Wolfpack is one three eight five two one. I said one three eight five two one originally for uh, Revolution. I made a mistake. It's one three eight oh five five pound. Wolfpack's one three eight five two one pound. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to uh, our triple stacker every Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. with Outside the Ropes, the wrestling debate. Last night, of course, we talked about the, what I thought, however, was the 10 most controversial moments in wrestling history. If you want to listen to that, you can go back and listen to it in the archives on TalkShoe.com. The caller ID number for that is 139925-POUND. Of course, every Tuesday night, Usually, Gerard Smith, myself, and the rest of our panel take you to a time and place in our little time machine we call Wrestling Visit. And of course, it airs every Tuesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. The caller ID number is 139926 pounds. Uh, some of the things we did discuss last night on Outside the Ropes, in case you're curious, of course, is some of the newer movies coming out this week and some of the movies that have been out already. Of course, next week, 
We will tell you uh, on Wednesday, of course, following the 4th of July, which movies were the big blockbusters for the 4th of July. And also, we'll give you an early preview maybe next week of uh, the upcoming movies from the upcoming week, as well as maybe an early taste of what we think the Ghostbusters movie might be like, because Ghostbusters will be out two weeks from tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we might actually touch upon that maybe next Wednesday night, so you might want to stay tuned for that. Um, of course, Raw Radio this week, as we said, we closed down our 40s in style, and we're ready to celebrate our 50s, of course. Uh, this past week, we talked about uh, certain things, including the Roman Reigns suspension. Of course, this week, we'll talk more about the Battleground preview that is coming up uh, three weeks from this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, three weeks from this Sunday. Of course, we'll talk about it Monday, obviously, coming up this Monday, but coming up three weeks from Sunday, you can... Listen to the WWE Battleground Preview Show, however, on Sunday night, July 24th, ladies and gentlemen, live on TalkShoe, ladies and gentlemen, and that'll be getting underway at exactly 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, our good friend John Gross, the Union Suplex Machine, my main colleague of Raw Radio, will be at the show there in his neck of the woods, the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Of course, they will be having the event at the NCI Verizon Center, as you know. That should be a lot of fun. And, of course, the following night, Raw will be coming in my neck of the woods into the Steel City, a.k.a. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Of course, this week they're in Columbus, Ohio. Next week they're in Detroit Rock City, as you know. Raw Smackdown coming up uh, next Tuesday. And the following Tuesday will be held in Toledo, Ohio, and in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Of course, Smackdown is on tonight, as you know, ladies and gentlemen from Miami, Florida, and we understand that tonight, however, Billy Kay, as we kind of mentioned her name the last few nights here on the show, is making her WWE debut. Of course, Billy Kay is very famous NXT diva, got the phone call earlier this week, we understand, and uh, as a result, made her debut, let's say, tonight at the SmackDown tapings there in Miami, Florida. Of course, the main event, in case you're wondering, I'm not going to spoil, but I'm going to kind of spoil it anyway is going to be Dean Ambrose taking on The Miz. Uh, Raw Radio, or excuse me, not Raw Radio, Raw Radio, so this week we kind of mentioned them over the last few days, and we'll mention them once again. Uh, very bad this week, a 2.2 rating, not very good. Hopefully they'll pick it up this week with the holiday, of course, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, obviously. After what happened uh, this past last week with Roman Reigns' suspension, it kind of crashed back to earth this week, despite a pretty good main event involving Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles, which uh, saw AJ Styles being denied his opportunity to get involved in the triple threat match involving C- excuse me, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins along with Roman Reigns. However, John Cena kind of got retribution on AJ Styles after early in the evening, AJ and his friends denied John Cena an opportunity to go into the fatal four-way itself and make it a fatal four-way, if you will, as uh, Seth Rollins laid out John Cena. Of course, some of the other matches we have heard so far that could happen at Battleground early on, these are the matches we have heard according to reports could happen, include uh, Cena and AJ one more time, Sami Zayn versus uh, Kevin Owens, which I think will be once again a great match. And uh, there was early speculation there could be a big, deepest match between Two former friends, let's say now, not so much friends anymore. The Irish last kicker herself, Becky Lynch, taking on the Queen of Hearts, if you will, Natalia Nightheart. Um, we are, of course, expecting more people hopefully stopping by here before the night is over, but 
in case you are not, uh, we would love to hear from you again. The number is one seven two four 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 seven eight forty four. Call ID one three eight five two one pound, and you can talk to us right now. Um, as you know, last night uh, we had a little fun. All of us last night on the show did a little bit of a draft, if you will. We talked about which superstars, past or present, would make up our rosters. We each took different rosters from WWE to WCW to ECW to TNA to Ring of Honor. And if you want to go back and listen to those, uh, draft picks again, you can listen to that on our website, talkshoe.com, and just punch in 138055-pound. You can listen to all of our Revolution shows that are archived. Of course, as I said, however, you can go back and listen to it right now and weigh in with your thoughts. Uh, some other wrestling-related news, of course. One of the news we talked about last night, of course, is coming up in October. Brock Lesnar will be coming out with another DVD called Eat, Sleep, Conquer, Repeat. I have seen the trailer for this, and i got to tell you, it looks very, very good. Of course, Brock Lesnar originally came out with his first DVD, I believe, three or four years ago, called Here Comes the Pain. That was very, very good, and I think this one will be almost as good, if not better, I think, than Here Comes the Pain, but you never know. Of course, as we said, uh, Eat, Sleep, Conquer, Repeat. We'll talk about the last years that Brock has been doing ever since he stopped the so-called undefeated streak of the dead man. The Undertaker a few years ago at WrestleMania down there in New Orleans. And I'm sure they'll look back at the last couple of years of what he's been doing. Of course, Brock coming up with a big fight a week from this Saturday at the UFC fight in Las Vegas. That should be very, very interesting. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, speaking of yeah. UFC, we just want to talk about uh, CM Punk quickly. Of course, as you know, many people are talking about CM Punk's big upcoming fight in September. He will be fighting Mickey Gall at UFC 203, but of course Brock Lesnar will be returning to the Octagon one week from this Saturday in Las Vegas at UFC 200. Mm-hmm. And one, one final tidbit of note before I turn it back over to uh, the main man of the hour, Mr. WCW Chad Inshaw, this Tuesday for you Scott Hall fans. Don't forget to pick up your copy of Scott Hall, Living on a Razor's Edge, the story of the bad guy himself. No, I'm not talking about Devarty Smith, although he is our bad guy, our other favorite bad guy. The bad guy himself, Razor Ramon, if you will, Scott Hall, of course, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Vince McMahon, among others, interviewed for this three-disc documentary. I've already seen the trailer for this. This looks very, very good, very, very fascinating. Of course, talks about his life and times that he's been doing over the years. Of course, Scott Hall began his career in the 80s in Florida, of course, then he went on to the AWA, where he teamed up with Greg Gong and Scott, uh, excuse me, Kurt Henning, of course, he became known as Gator Scott Hall, and of course, American Starship Coyote, among other names. And then he went off to WCW for a brief time in the early 90s, the former team with Diamond Dallas Page and Kevin Nash called the Diamond Stable. Of course, they would then, referring uh, to Nash and Hall, would then unfortunately find their way to Vince McMahon, the WWE, where they would be rechristened Diesel, and of course, Razor Ramon, no longer American Starship Coyote, or Oz for that matter. However, in 1996, they would find themselves in a contract stalemate with Vince McMahon, the WWE, despite the fact they had, a brief couple of good years together and became friends with other guys, including Shawn Michaels and Triple H, where they formed a group called The Click. As a result, they would uh, return to WCW and, well, sit the wrestling world on here when they adopted their real names rather than Diesel and Razor Ramon and formed a group that was to change wrestling forever as we know it. So... 
be sure to check that out this Tuesday. I know almost reporting in my copy this Tuesday, and hopefully next week or in a couple of weeks I'll give you my thoughts about it. So, but now let's turn it back over to the main host of the hour, Mr. WCW himself down there in Trinity, none other than Mr. Chad Henshaw. Oh, thank you very much, sir, JD. Excellent. Uh, uh, thank you very much for, for bringing us up some uh, updates on other things there as well. Thank you very much, sir, sir. And I will finish off continue, of course, uh, <clears throat> the history and birthdays here. Of course, what we talked about this, today is the 72nd birthday of, of uh, of course, Hall of Famer Terry Funk. Uh, let me see. I will, I will start back up with uh, right here. Uh, Funk would return to the, end, to the return to the NWA in 1989. The feud with Ric Flair leading to their feud at Clash of the Champions with Flair defeating Funk in an I Quit match. Funk reappeared in WCW 1994 wrestling Tully Blanchard to a double DQ at San Marie. He was a member of Colonel Robert Parker's stable. Hmm. Yeah. The stable focused their energies on Dusty and Dustin Rhodes as well as the Nasty Boys, culminating in a War Games match at Fall Brawl. That year, Funk joined the IWA Japan wrestling promotion in August of 1995 and in Kawasaki, uh, I don't know if they have something to do with the motorcycles or what. It could be. He beat Leatherface and Tiger Keith C, which featured boards and exploding ring, ring time and and, and uh, expo- exploding ring time bomb death. I've seen those matches. Those were some brutal, brutal matches against Onita and Atani. I mean, they've been in outdoor stands like in Yokohama and uh, like up in the central part of Japan and southern Japan. Those are very, very crazy matches, FMW matches. You guys see some of them. Mm. And in the finals, he was beaten by Cactus Jack in a no-ropes, barbed wire, exploding barbed wire boards and exploding ring-time bomb death match. That was a great yeah. match. I remember that one, too. That had three times fast. <laughs> yeah. He joined up with ECW for a period of time. He headlined the first pay-per-view, Barely Legal, in 1997, winning the ECW title against Raven. Was later defeated by Sabu in a barbed wire match at Born to Be Wired, in which the roughs of the that ring were crazy. Those matches, those, again, I mean, I, I'm just, I mean, I have Terry Funk's best. I mean, I want to thank Rob Feinstein, my very good friend, our video. If you're looking for great DVDs, however, the software art video, and Rob Feinstein is the guy you want to go to. Rob sent me about two years ago the best of Terry Funk at the seven disc library of the best moments from 1993 through 1997 involving Funk. And they have the Born to Be Wired match with Sabu, which is one of the most brutalist barbed wire matches I've seen. Of course, they have also the very first uh, time he showed up in ECW when he fought guys like Snuka, Kevin Sullivan, Morocco, but they show a lot of the McFoley moments he had in 95, 96. Not so much from the Japan stuff, but the ECW stuff, but the matches he had at that very first ECW paper, of course, the one where he took on Sammy and Stevie Richards, great match, and then when he shocked the world in, uh, as Joey Styles said in his call that night, do you believe in miracles? 53 years old he was when he won the title that night. It shocked the world by becoming the new ECW champion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great guy, too. Uh-huh. I mean, he's been in a lot of films, too. We know the years fly film as well. He's very close friends of Ken and a couple that include Paradise Alley and uh, also Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. And he also did Over the Top with uh, Sly. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't remember that, indeed. Uh, we might be getting that part here in just a few moments. Uh, <clears throat> let's see, of course, he was later, of course, later defeated for the belt by Sabu in a barbed wire match at Born to be Wired, in which the ropes of the ring were taken down and replaced with barbed wire. Interesting. In September, a show was held in Thunk's hometown with Thunk wrestling Bret Hart in a non-title match. Very interesting. 
Funk made his return to WWF that same year before he entered the 97 Royal Rumble for one night. He made his return in December, helping Captain Jack against the New Age Outlaws. At WrestleMania 14, he beat the Outlaws and became the tag team champions. But the belts were held up, and the team would battle again the next night with the New Age Outlaws, when the belts were held from the Generation X. Funk and Foley ended up splitting, but in May, they battled in a singles match with Foley. Winning the contest, Funk retired from wrestling, but it didn't last long. Uh, he returned to ECW as he was believed to have been a mystery partner against Justin Credible and Jack Victory. Funk had a feud with Dreamer and attacked him at every opportunity in late 1998 and early 1999. Funk retired once again in 1999, but he returned for WCW in 2000, winning the WCW Hardcore title and the WCW United States title. He was a WCW commissioner at one time and became the leader of the short-lived Old Age Outlaws that feuded with the now NWO. Yeah, NWO 2000. NWO 2000. Funk wrestled in the independent circuit from 2002 to 04. He was a regular top star for uh, Ring of Honor and also MLW, battling the likes of CM Punk, uh, the Extreme Horseman, especially matches such as No Ropes Barbed, as a No no Ropes Barbed Wire death match. In November, he competed in the UK wrestling company FWA's annual show entitled, entitled British Uprising. In February, he made his teenage debut to help Raven defeat Julio De Niro and CM Punk. He returned to the WWE in 2006, confronting Mick Foley over his attack on Tommy Dreamer. At each one-night stand, Funk, Dreamer, and Beulah teamed up to take on Edge, Lita, and Foley. Huh. But Edge, Lita, and Foley ended up winning the match. Foley injured Funk's left eye, and Funk was taken backstage. The later returned to hit Foley with a flaming two-by-four wrapped in barbed wire. Ooh, okay. The Funks were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2009. In 2013, Funk <clears throat> had the honor of inducting Mick Foley into the Hall of Fame, because I remember that. He made a cameo appearance in March, giving Dean Ambrose a pep talk for his match against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, giving him a chance. That's in Philadelphia, I remember. They shot that far over near the old ECW arena. Actually, Greg told me about that, because... He went to Raw that night, and I think it was the next day he sent me a message and said his buddy, I think it was his buddy and his brother were right near that arena where they shot it that day. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Chuck and Greg and Trippett, that's what I heard. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's right. That's right, because that, that Big Diesel actually has, uh, told us some great stories about that show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, uh, just like to give he gave him a chainsaw as a gift. Unbelievable. <laughs> also, Terry Funk is of course Terry Funk is currently has been retired from wrestling since October of last year. And also sadly today would have been, believe it or not, get this, the one hundred and twenty fifth birthday of the legendary Ed Strangler Lewis. Wow, one twenty five. Holy birthday. One twenty five, yes indeed. So uh, and John said that's all he's got for the wrestling edition of birthdays for today. John, thank you very much. Uh, JD, thank you for any wrestling tidbits that did uh, that you Watch, Terry Funk's retirement won't last. That guy can, he's like Rick Flair. You can never retire that man. That guy goes all over the country. I mean, he'll wrestle. I mean, he's, he's so beat up. I mean, remember beyond the man how he told what his life has been like. I mean, like you say, he's been wrestling since the mid-60s. So he had a little maybe in his late teens, early 20s when he started. He's been going 35, 40 years. He still just puts his body through hell. I mean, he's gone through so many guys over there. Dusty Rhodes, Raven, Flair, I mean, Hogan. The list goes on. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Oh, 
without a doubt. I mean, I mean, these, these, I mean, like I said, a lot, a lot of, a lot of your. Let me, let me tell you one thing. A lot of guys who have been around the wrestling scene for a long time. You see, it's, it's like I've, I've, I've read, read. You know, I've always read that just because you know they, they may not be able to actually physically compete in the ring anymore, they never ever want to actually leave the spotlight in terms of. You know, because if uh, because if they feel if they do that, then you know, you know that they that that uh, you know they they lose that support, they lose that uh, you know they 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 lose they you know they they lose the fans and all that stuff. But you know, believe it or not, I mean they have they've had a lot of people you know, especially you know when they're not in front of the camera anymore, they still have a lot of people you know. Um, they, that seem like on the street and all that. That shake their hand, you know, saying thank you for what you what you did, you know, back in the day and all that. And uh, you're one, still one of the best wrestlers of all time. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna throw out, uh, if you don't mind, there, JD. I'm gonna throw out a few more pieces of wrestling news, curse of your friends at Four Eleven Mania again. All right. Uh, and I think I've got uh, a doozy here. Uh, things that might be pretty, that might be pretty interesting here. <clears throat> Uh, and once again, your friend Jeremy Thomas here from Full of the Mania here is uh, on a roll here on a lot of these. Uh, uh, and the story, the headline here is Brock Lesnar doesn't care if UFC 200 loss hurts his WWE drawing power. Mm. Okay, okay. Let me let me get rid of that advertisement, and then we'll go ahead and do this. Okay. Brock Lesnar spoke on a media call today via MMA fighting about his fight with Mark Hunt at UFC 200 and more. And here are some of the highlights there. On, and, of course, the first topic was on Stephanie Man saying WWE is not supporting the fight necessarily. Uh, and, it, and basically he just said this, I don't know and I don't care what she says. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Kind of like it is, Brock pulled no punches there. <laughs> yeah. And, then of course, uh, he was asked, on how a loss to Hunt may affect his WWE drawing power, Brock says, I really don't give a shh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On why he's returning to the Octagon, he says, this isn't about my fans. This is about me living my life, being the person I want to be. Granted, without the fans and everything, none of us would be able to do this. I get that. But I don't sit up at night wondering, is my drawing power going to hurt, be hurt, or are my WWE fans going to tune in and watch me do this? I don't give two SHTs about that. I'm saying, he said that again. This is about me. I want to get in there and be an athlete again. That's what this is about. He said that athlete. on the Sports Center interview a few weeks back, too. I remember when they asked him about that fight. Yes. Oh, okay. so he hadn't changed that much bit out there. And of course, on how his training camp is going, he says, he says, he, and basically, he says, I don't know. I really feel good. Training camp is going great. I'm happy. I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with everything since I left the other gun after I got beat by Overeem and, and kind of forced out of the cage because of my illness. It haunted me for a long time. It says, well, what do you do? Well, here I am. Before it's too late, I want to get back in the cage and have fun with it. So there you go. This is coming from Brock himself. So, uh, What's your take on uh, J, uh, J.D. on Lesnar's comments about that? I think Brock's like Drago right now. He doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything. He just wants to go out there and be a human cyborg killing machine again and destroy anyone in his path. And whether they agree with him or not agree with him, you're going to either get taken to suplex city the old-fashioned way or you're just going to basically be, I mean, Brock's telling you like it is, and he ain't pulling any punches at all. He's just letting 
bombs go off, however, and everyone in his wake is just getting either destroyed by them and affected by them, or he just doesn't give a damn what people think about Right. Certainly. Certainly. Another story here, an NXT-related show here tonight, uh, a long-awaited return uh, at, the, at uh, tonight's NXT half show, Hideo Hitami. Yeah, good to see him back in the ring. What are they going to do with him now? Could they put him in the uh, Cruiserweight Classic, maybe? Yes. A time who had been out since May of last year due to a shoulder injury returned at tonight's live event in in Winter Park, Florida. Uh, Of course, there's some some pictures uh, right here on the... Okay, let me get rid of this. Let me get rid of this. uh, I don't want want to see that. I'm trying to do the story. Uh, Let's see. He says... so he's got pics right here on social media. He teamed up with TM61 to face Tito uh, Sabatelli, <laughs> Wesley Blank, and Samoa Joe. So it was a six-man turned in. Of course, uh, uh, so J.J. Williams uh, tweeted, Welcome back to NXT Savior at Adeo Hitami, NXT Winter Haven. And also J.J. Williams says, So fired up for Adeo Hitami. Uh, and then J.J. Williams said, Joe and Adele are going at it. Ooh, okay. Can you uh, picture this, though? I mean, I mean, think about this for a moment, though, just for a minute, though. I mean, depending on what they do, obviously, with Fowler and Nakamura, could you throw a – I mean, I know that Tommy's still getting his feet wet, but depending on what they do, if Fowler, this will be Fowler's last match in Brooklyn, could we see the beginning maybe afterwards a big feud between a Tommy and Nakamura? That's money right there. That's big money there we're looking at right there. Of course it is. I mean that 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 that's the one that's the one I'm sure that uh that, that I'm sure you were going to expect whenever they signed Nakamura and you you gotta also figure that you no know, eventually you know, when a Tommy you had, you could you couldn't have forgotten about him, you know, yeah. because he had to be recovering. It's been like a whole over a year since he it's had been a year, yeah. He's he's been just so, to get back in that ring. So exactly. So I mean this would be this would be uh, a good this would be a good challenge. It'd yep. be an excellent challenge. I, I I would definitely like to see Nakamura and Atami. Uh, and Tommy or Tommy and Joe even. Yes. Sorry about the car roaring past me right now. <laughs> okay, I thought that was a blender. Right? I thought you were making no, a blender. No, it's a cardboard past me. <laughs> okay, and more NXT news, ladies and gentlemen, popping up here for courtesy of 411 Mania. Uh, latest NXT names, likely for main roster call-ups. So, and, of course, according to the Wrestling Observer, and, of course, a couple of one of these names we're not really surprised about. We've been talking about this. Ben Balor and the tag team American Alpha are both considered likely be called up to the main roster as part of the WWE draft. Uh, now, here is another speculation here. Bailey is expected to stay with NXT until NXT takeover back to Brooklyn during SummerSlam weekend. The site says things were back and forth over the past week about whether Bailey would be called up, but that is that, that as of now, she's expected to face, uh, I'm going to pronounce this the best way I can, Askua, at NXT TakeOver before heading to the main roster. So. Well, they had a great match in Dallas back in March, and this time I think they're going to even steal the show again. I mean, Bailey did it last year during the Sasha, so that means me to wonder if he's going to steal the match of the year again, and she could. Oh, yeah. 
So I think I think you know you know that they 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 still want to they still want to play it safe. I'm sure. I mean I think um, I mean I'm pretty certain that Bailey is ready for the main roster. But I mean they want to of course they want to you know give it they want to still give her a little bit of time, a little bit more time than all. I mean, but don't but don't waste her. Like I no. said before, you got to you got some of the best talent right here, right now. And I've said this over and over and over again. You keep on, you keep on weighing them down like that. You're going to end up losing them, and you're going to, you're not going to be able to do any more than with them that that you that you that you want wanted to do. It's because you waited way too long for it. You yep. can't, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. That's my personal opinion. Uh, let me see another story. Uh, uh, ooh. Uh, Oh, okay. Oh, I had another. Here's another interesting one, JD. I think you might find this. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jim Cornette goes off on Vince, Vince Russo for backstabbing TNA. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cornette okay. has always had it out for Russo, even going back to WWE. I mean, for the mm-hmm. last ten years, it's like those two. Even when they were when Cornette had a brief cup of coffee in TNA, now in Ring of Honor. I mean, I think he said it was about a year ago that Russo could not write ROH no matter what, and then he blasted him in TNA, and then he criticized him more in WWE, and then when Russo was in WCW back in the late 90s, I remember he said, oh, he's ruining the company, and this thing's like a sinking ship. I mean, he's always had a grudge out for Russo over the years. Right. And, well, here, here's, uh, you'll find a lot of this, uh, you'll find a lot of this uh, interesting, and, of course, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a clip of it uh, on the, on the store on 411mania.com. Uh, about about this interview, but I'm going to read what read what we have right here. Uh, <clears throat> as pretty much like what you just probably said, JD here between these two guys. Let me go ahead and read it. Jim Cornette has never been shy about his opinions regarding Vince Russo, but he's really outdone himself this time. In the latest episode of the Jim Cornette Experience on the MLW Radio Network. Cornette goes on an extended 40-minute rant against Russo over the latter's admitting that he contacted both Pop TV and Destination America, offering himself as a consultant in order to, in quotation marks, fix TNA and saying they had been, in quotation marks, sold a bill of goods about what TNA could do. The rant begins at about 55 minutes and 56 seconds into the podcast with Cornette taking Russo to task with his always colorful choice of words, Court and get that, this is something I haven't heard in a long time. Cornette calls Disco Inferno, who's on the par- podcast with Russo, in quotation marks, harmless as long as he's never been given a booking job, <laughs> and said he only has he only has a job because of Russo. He says Russo, in quotation, has stooged himself off again and talks about the podcast thing he listened to much of because but it had to stop because partway through partway through because I couldn't in quotation I couldn't take listen to that effing voice or seeing that brown sphincter of an effing face. And that, and that by the time he got back to finish it it had been taken down. Cornette hmm. says Bruce was basically trying to affiliate the late someone for a job and was Quotation, trying to basically tell the networks that was that are carrying TNA, if you can call Pop TV and a network at this point, 
They're trying to tell the platform the team they has left available to them to stay on the air. That this program's the essence, like I said before, that nobody's going to watch it. You've been sold a bill of goods, and the only way to fix it, fix it is that if you hire me. Not thinking that they may just say, "Well, f it." Now that now that this guy's told us we just got conned by Dixie Carter and these other wrestling carnies, that they may just cancel the whole thing. He continues for quite a while talking about his issues with Russo covering their full history together before closing out by saying he has. And I think I think this was uh, Cornette right here before closing out saying he has canceled his planned appearance at WrestleCade in North Carolina this November because Russo will be there. Oh, oh, oh wow! Wow! wow. And said he never wants to be in the same place as Russo ever again. He says that the next time Russo had better pull out or violence will ensue. JD, what is your take on this situation between Cornette and Russo? James, he ain't afraid to pull punches, and believe me, we know over the years he's been very controversial when it comes to speaking his mind and certain people. But like we said, over the years, him and Russo have never gotten along, and it just goes to show you now how the heat is even more real than we first thought, How and it seems to be a very, very ugly mess. I mean, I like to see those two go out in a steel cage and just coordinate, just take the tennis track and beat the holy dog beat out of Russo. I mean, that would be just a match in itself, but yeah, this is a very serious, ugly tension feud that uh, is not afraid to uh, be uh, exploited, shall we say. Yes, indeed. Yeah, this is, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, of course, like I said, with the fact that Russo was planning uh, plan on being at this, I've heard of this WrestleCade in North Carolina coming up in November, now Cornette pulling out the cause of Russo's uh, involvement. Uh, okay, well, yeah, that probably is probably a wise call to make there. I, I think that's the last thing they want to see is um, uh, that 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 might even be a that might even be a good draw for uh, for the show. Seeing them two just probably just get each other's faces. I mean, that would be that would be quite interesting. Um, so, oh boy. So hey, there's some backstage heat there. Uh, you just have to say there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the news, I uh, got some uh, some 411 Mania stuff here continues. Um, and this is coming from another 411 writer here, uh, J.D., Larry Zonka. Um, yeah, I know Larry. Larry's a good guy. Larry's a good guy. Kevin is. Uh, and the story here is Chris Jericho says he'll never be a full-time performer again. Hmm. Okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me read it here. Chris Jericho recently spoke with For the Win. That's a... Uh, I guess that's a. Um, I'm not sure if that's a or that's a podcast or something. I'm not sure what that is. But here are the highlights. And of course, it's talking about his schedule. And this is Jericho talking. Absolutely. You look at my WWE activity since 2010, and when I come back, I'm not a part-time performer. But if you look at the overall schedule over the last six years, it's part-time. I, I'll never be a full-time performer again, and who knows how much longer I'll do it for. Ten years ago, I foresaw my own future. I didn't want to be at the mercy of the wrestling business. I wanted to come and go as I please, so I found the ways to do that. Fozzy, of course, the band he's involved with is bigger than it's ever been before. I think the Jericho Network has the potential to be huge. I'm 45 years old and pretty soon I'm not going to want to take any more bumps. But if you look at the arc of entertainment, you can go into your 75 years old or beyond. There's no limit to what you can accomplish in the world of entertainment. It's all I've ever known since I was 19. I'm writing my fourth book. 
I'm doing more acting. I'm keeping all those balls in the air. It was a small, smart move on my part, and I'm not going to stop. If I stop wrestling tomorrow, I'll, I'd still be out there providing things for you guys to do to enjoy your lives. Podcasting came about at the exact right time for me. It's been a huge game changer as far as, as media is perceived and getting stuff out there. With the long-form, on-demand, conversational format, there's nowhere else you can do it. There's nowhere else, else you can do it. <clears throat> You can go on the Tonight Show. You're on there for eight minutes. Mine are 45 minutes or longer if they're uh, if they're going well. The podcasting form isn't yet what it isn't yet what it can be over the next three, four, or five years. Uh, and this is him talking about Brock Lesnar fighting the UFC 200. He said he believes it's great. It's also anytime you can get someone in the mainstream and get someone in the mainstream spotlight. Spotlight. So Brock is Brock. He could lose in 20 seconds, and the next day he could beat the entire roster, and he used to be the most over guy in the company. And perhaps he's working with UFC, strengthens his position. There's nothing There's nothing to lose. It makes Brock a bigger star, and it makes WWE bigger. I know I'll be watching. I also don't I also don't think Vince McMahon allowed him to, to, to do it out of the goodness of his heart either. I'm sure he's going to get sent about whether it's Ronda Rousey or Conor McGregor or something. Okay. Uh, talking about Roman Reigns' suspension. Hmm. Roman Reigns is a great guy and a great worker. That he was suspended shows there's no BS or messing around when it comes to the policy. There are things on the ban list that are not anywhere, They're not on the WWE list. You see the things that happened 10, 15 years in the past that don't happen anymore. You don't see guys dying young. Reigns is a cool cat. He'll own it, come back, and he'll be a bigger star in the future. I'm a huge Reigns fan and will continue to be. Uh, uh, your thoughts, uh, JD, on uh, on uh, Jericho and what he's saying about his future here. Jericho's had quite a career. I mean, going back to his days, however, with the old uh, Heart Dungeon, however, and he's done it all. I mean, he's wrestled all over the world. He's been in a lot of the feds. I mean, WWE, WCW, ECW, Japan, Mexico, Europe. I mean, at 45, I mean, it's pretty crazy to think how he wants to keep on fighting. The question is, what, who would he want to fight if to close out his career if he decides to hang up the boots? I mean, I could see if you guys may be willing to maybe challenge. But right now, I mean, the question is, how much more does he want to put his body through? I mean, he's done it all over the last 25 years, however. I mean, he's been won almost every world title imaginable from the cruiserweight to the world title to the tag teams. I mean, he's basically, like I said, written the book, how I mean, four books we've seen. He's come out with two great DVDs, however, and told his story, however, and some that weren't on the first DVD, which I have not gotten those two DVDs yet, and I'm going to definitely have to add them to my library soon. But he's done it all and been through it all. I don't think he needs any more right now. Like I said, if he wants to close out his career now, I mean, yeah, a lot of people miss him, but like you said earlier, it doesn't matter. He's been, he can come and do his plays the last six years. He's on a part-time schedule now. He doesn't have to answer to anyone anymore, so... I don't know how much longer he wants to keep fighting, but uh, whatever the case may be, however, I don't see him fighting much longer at this point. I think his career could be winding now. So the question is now, who will that last match be with and where will it be? I know I'll have to get a seat for it when it happens. Certainly. Certainly, I mean, uh, of course, him, uh, of course, with his band here still going strong with Fozzie. Um, uh, of course, doing the podcast, like you said, uh, uh, I mean, he, he, he's a jack of all trades. I mean, he's hosted a lot of TV shows in the past. Uh, um, he, he, he's very, very talented. Uh, um, he, he's, he can do a little bit. He's, he's more than just a, your average wrestler now. 
I mean, he's no, he's, like, he's, he's done TV, he's done movies, he's done podcasts, he's done music. I mean, he's done it all. What has he done? Right, exactly. That's that's that, that's that's a shot of a doubt. So we've got to wait and see what happens with Jericho here. Uh, Tom, I'd be here again. Uh, Ricochet, we've, we've mentioned him a couple times here on our shows. Reportedly, it turns down a Lucha Underground deal for the WWE. Oh. As it's coming from your, once again, from uh, Jeremy Thomas at Full Leather Mania, and I'll, I'll, as a short story, I'll go ahead and read this. Ricochet may be headed to WWE after all. The, the, the one reports that the wrestler who finished up his commitment to Lucha Underground with the season three tapings will be taking a WWE offer rather than re-signing. According to the site, Ricochet was offered a big deal by Lucha Underground, but will be taking the WWE deal. He will be working in New Japan through the end of the year and could appear in the, for WWE next year. While the standard Lucha Underground contract bans Tyler from working for other televised promotions for six months, after the last episode, they appear in airs, and, and season three won't kick off until next summer. It is believed that he may be able to work with WWE sooner than that. It is possible he would be able to find a loophole the fact that he wouldn't go to WWE as a masked wrestler preventing marketing concerns. Uh, what's your take on uh, seeing Ricochet in the WWE pretty soon, J.D.? I've heard of him vaguely, and I think another guy I heard that also could be on his way could be Prince Puma I've been hearing. So you bring those two guys in out of Lucha Underground Tower. Lucha, I mean, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we know WWE's been ready at TNA, but now you're going to the other, well, let's just say the fourth I would say the fourth big league, but sort of like the minor, semi-pro minor league of the WWE, like Ring of Honors. I wouldn't say Ring of Honors like the minor league of TNA isn't because those are the other big fans. But now you're done until Lucha Underground. You get these two guys in there. You could be setting yourself up with some big matches like with Ricochet. I mean, I, like I said, I have not seen this guy. I imagine he's a big guy. He's not kind of how tall he is. But you put him in the ring with guys like, say, maybe Kevin Owens and, possibly rolling that, that'd be interesting. And Prince Puma, of course, could be a part of the Cruiserweight Classic and on with the other guys that are in the turn. So it could be interesting to see if they uh, decide to tip, I can say, dip their toe into the Lucha Underground pool and come out with some big-name talent. And right now, if they, these are the two guys that they really want to look at heavily. Absolutely. I would have to definitely agree. Definitely agree. Uh, like I said before, uh, WWE's has been looking for some Solid talent, and of course, like I said, uh, we'll be seeing that here pretty soon. Of course, talking about the Cruiserweight Classic here pretty soon as well. So, um, you know, this this, this someone like him would be a great uh, a great match for that. Uh, but uh, of course, we'll have to wait until like next year for that. But that's okay. I mean, at least you know he's reportedly going to be coming 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 uh, coming up north. So we we'll have to wait and see how he does. So. Uh, Another story, story here. Uh, of course, this is coming from Joseph Lee from Full Leather Mania here, JD. Um, our, our, of course, one person we've talked about here many times here on the radio network, Sonny Tammy Sitch, is to be sentenced next week. Uh, Tamara Sonny Sitch will be sentenced for multiple DUI arrests on July 5th at 1.15 p.m. at Carbon County Court in Pennsylvania. She was supposed to be sentenced months ago, but that was postponed so she could receive treatment for her personal issues. She's now over 90 days sober. WWE paid for several months of her rehab. This goes back on what they said in 2013, declaring they would cut her off from assistance after she criticized the treatment centers they sent her to 
when she asked for help in the DVD interview with KFAP commentaries. She pleaded guilty in all three arrests from last year, and the court dismissed all of the lesser charges in each case. The judge previously said there would be mandatory prison terms on two of the counts. If she's approved for Pennsylvania's intermediate prison, prisoner program, she would, be, she would also be subject to house arrest after prison. Uh, JD, doesn't seem like... It sounds like she's she's three months sober, that's good, but the bad news is how much time is she going to get, if any. I mean, she could get probation, but she could also be sent for student in jail for a little while. Yeah, so cloudy days ahead for the Hall of Fame. Uh, um, I guess you you probably mentioned her, the, the very first diva in WWE, of course, like I said, was known as Sunny. Yep. Uh, fall from grace, as we've called it here many, many times here in the radio network. Uh, uh, it's a pity, but like yep. I said, it's it's. Uh, uh, of course, she's had a lot of things happen in her life, very tumultuous as well. Uh, of course, I think one of the biggest ones I'll have to say my personal opinion, and then JD might have a different point of view, but obviously it would be. The loss of her boyfriend, Chris Candido. Oh, yeah, that's first... when the real trouble began. I mean, when she lost Candido, that's when the troubles really started to come. Right. And then, of course, after that, uh, uh, I think I think, I think think it really got her, really got her uh, back on her feet somewhat. I think when she found somebody else that cared about her, and I think also when she also got inducted into the Hall of Fame not too long ago, too, so... Uh, well, yeah, well, that happened, but I think the real, I mean, she started making, I mean, a spectacle for herself. She said, I'll offer all this money to sell my Hall of Fame ring. I'll do porn. I'll do more of this. I'll do more of that. She just didn't know when to stop and slow down. Certainly, yes. So, but like I said, we'll just wait and see. You know, like I said, we'll be, won't be seeing her for quite a bit. Uh, like I said, we don't know how long she's going to be uh, behind bars, but you know, sadly, we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what happens with her. Uh, uh, short story right here, courtesy of Larry Zonko right here from Four Leather Mania. WWE aggressively scouting for new talent. According to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, WWE is aggressively scouting independent talent. They're looking for people that are coachable, which the Wrestling Observer Newsletter says likely means athletic people who are good listeners. The report also says they are about also going to be very strict when it comes to, to the background checks. The company is is targeting Lucha Underground talent who are con, 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 uh, crap, I can't say the word. Contract can crap. I can't say the word. Contract can contractually allowed to leave. That that could have been that could have been probably connected to the story I just did about Ricochet. Mm-hmm. And Prince Puma. So yeah, so uh, so I mean, uh, WWE, like I said, they're 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 scraping the they're scraping the barrel here, JD, trying to find new talent. Yeah. Um, so they'll 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 go through any lengths to try to improve their uh, improve improve the roster here. So like I said, uh, let me see. Let me see if we've got any more here that that would be that uh, we, we would love to. Like I said, make sure our folks here. And I mentioned pretty much, uh, okay, let's see. Maybe I have one more here. Ah, yes. Yes, 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 yes. 
Okay, I got it. That's what I hear. Another uh, TNA story, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, coming from Larry Zonka once again at 411 Mania. Um, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, some TNA talent are upset over the tapings that have been internally announced for August, or upset over the tapings that have been internally announced for August 11th through the 14th. Abyss, Jade, Andrew Everett, and Drew Galloway were all booked on a tour of the UK during that time, but since their contracts give TNA dates priority, they had to be pulled from those shows. The promoters were hoping something could be worked out, but that was not the case. The talent is upset because they were set to earn considerably more for the UK dates than they will for the TV tapings. Um, JD, get a comment on this, please. Well, Dixie Carter once again strikes, however, and apparently she just realized that her company is, I mean, everyone says, oh, they're getting better, they're getting better. They're not getting better. They're just barely surviving at this point. I'm running on fumes more and more, and right now, I mean, the candle's still burning, but how much longer is it going to continue to be burning? I mean, we saw, obviously, what happened at the last pay-per-view. We saw what happened, of course, now with this story. I mean, I just don't know how Dixie's staying alive in the business right now. I mean, Destination America hasn't pulled out yet and said, Oh, we want to be off the network on Wednesday nights. I mean, they're just barely clicking the life at this point. So I would say, and I said this many times on Raw Radio, I said it on all the shows too, I think before the years out, you see TNA finally just go dark. I mean, they have no choice. I mean, it's not because of what happened in Orlando a while back, but it's just Dixie Carter is making this a poor man's WCW. This was like 1999, 2000 WCW. And she has no confidence in the writers, and the wrestlers aren't listening to her. They're not getting paid a lot of money, and they're, not, they're just barely making enough to the data tower. They realize that the only two big feds left to really bring up honor is WWE. Right, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, the thing is, you know, TNA keeps, we think that when we, when we think that, uh, you know, they bring, they, they bring in, like, former WWE talent and talent from independent promotions and stuff, they think, you know, they're kind of on the rise a little bit, and all of a sudden, you go back down to where to to the level that they were to where they were once before, and then all of a sudden it, it's back to it's back to square one again. You know that are they going to you know you know are are they going to uh, survive? Uh, are they going to survive? I mean that's that's uh, uh, <clears throat> so. Uh, so that so that so that's what we that's what we're going to have to continue to watch and uh, and watch and do here. So, uh, and thank you very much to Fordham Manny for providing those stories here for us tonight. Uh, the human surface machine, John Gross, actually had something else that he wanted to mention. Uh, this is a non-wrestling related story, JDF. I don't know if you heard about this or not either, but apparently there has been another shooting. Oh boy! A three three people have been injured at a nightclub. Gunman was shot in the leg by a concealed carrier. Oh God, where was this at? John, where was this take? Where does this take place at? And I'll, and I'll, we'll, and I'll, we'll, we'll, I'll find out here for
I'm still checking. Hold on one second. All right. Okay. In Lyman, South Carolina. Oh, God. Wow. That, yeah. Do you say it happened tonight? Uh, then they found out, uh, John, when did this happen? He said he believed it, it did, but he's not 100% sure. Oh, God. Unbelievable. So, we'll have to do some updating on that, and, uh, but uh, the ones who were injured in this nightclub, of course, it's um, I don't know if they're trying to carbon copy about what happened in Orlando or not. I mean, I'll, Lord knows, I hope not because it's absolutely ridiculous. Right, 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 yeah. So, I mean, but certainly, of course, uh, uh, say a prayer, you know, for those affected by the by the shooting. No, it was not as intense as, but still, regardless, it was, in fact, a shooting. So, yeah, so definitely say a prayer for those affected by this as well tonight. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight five two one pound. This is episode number fifty three of the second installment of the WWS Radio Network NWO Wolfpack. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. And joining me tonight is, is um, the Iceman Jake E. Jerry Duolmo, of course, two thousand excuse me two thousand fifteen uh, Hall of Famer as well, of course, part of Raw Radio and all the other shows. Here in the radio network, and of course on the chat box tonight, the first 2016 Hall of Famer, the human suplex machine, John Gross, also from Raw Radio as well. Uh, we, uh, of course, uh, tonight, uh, <clears throat> uh, we, uh, of course, want to send kudos out. Uh, we didn't, unfortunately, uh, we didn't get a chance to visit with uh, King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith. Uh, apparently, something else must have probably came up. So, but that's okay. But that's okay. So, um, I'm sure he will make it on Revolution tomorrow night. Um, of course, the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds, of course, also who uh, did, did make it on Revolution last night. I'm sure she'll make it on Revolution tomorrow night as well. Uh, of course, she had another uh, prior commitment as well, as well as all of our other folks here in the radio network. Uh, one last thing, of course, speaking of Revolution, I wanted to point out, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there is a, I do have a poll uh, going on right now on the, Rev- the Revolution Radio Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WWS Revolution Radio. Of course, talking about a story that I, we did bring up here on uh, the Wednesday edition of Revolution. Uh, of course, the opinion poll is, do we, of course, the rest of the universe, want to see John Cena versus Roman Reigns as a matchup somewhere down the road here in the future? Uh, and your choices were, of course, yes, no, Maybe or I'm, I don't know. Uh, we've had, and believe it or not, so far uh, uh, we've had a lot of people actually seen the post, but we've only had five people vote. And now those five people, four out of the five, have said no, they would not care to see this matchup. But only one person so far has said yes. And actually, one person did comment on this, and that comment I will not say who that made the comment, but I will say. Uh, I will say what the comment is. The comment, of course, reads like this. There's really no need for it. 
definitely should have a strong sense of ability. We'll put the title on Cena again someday, but not against, not in a match against Roman Reigns. Cena has faced plenty of talent, uh, and uh, by this person's personal opinion, he would love to see Cena taking on Apollo Crews, another great young talent, of course. So, uh, so keep voting on that, ladies and gentlemen. That right there will be out of this. We'll be up for quite a bit, quite a bit. So keep on voting. You know, give your thoughts and opinions about you know. If, if, if you would like, if, if you personally would like to see a match between Cena and Reigns somewhere down the road, um, you know, if you if you agree with what the one person that voted yes, or with the four people that said no, or 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 or, or maybe, or you're not 100% sure, so be sure to vote vote on that <clears throat> opinion poll as well. Like I said, so I, like I said, it's on Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WS Revolution Radio. And also, be sure to listen to all of our past shows uh, <clears throat> here in the radio network. Of course, you can catch shows through WWS Radio Archives, which is, of course, posted every day by our own Big Diesel Gregory Kramer. Of course, uh, he did celebrate a real big birthday yesterday. We did, I do have that. I wish one more time I had a birthday to him. Uh, of course, he is, uh, you could say, the baby of the radio network. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, also, um, <clears throat> also, we did start a brand-new page. Uh, of course, the radio. First of all, the radio archives page is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WWS Radio History. Uh, of course, I did also start another group page here the other day. Of course, it's all having to do with talking about game shows of the past and present. Uh, this is called WWS Game Show Alley. Uh, I've already uh, just an update on that. I've already have uh, I have already so far updated updated the group with a bunch of episodes of different game shows for the past plus a few clips from game shows of the past as well. Uh, some severe things from Family Feud to The Price is Right, Match Game, and a bunch of others. Uh, you can see that on uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WWS game show fans. Uh, we're working on a banner on that. Hopefully we'll get a banner up on that here pretty soon. Uh, and give um, your thoughts and opinions on all, all, all that we've got on this. So, plus we've got some, uh, some uh, bloopers on there, some... Uh, uh, game show music on there as well. So, you know, everything having to do with game shows is on there. So definitely to take a listen. That's what we have on there as well. Um, on that note here, ladies and gentlemen, um, we do uh, we do uh, thank you for joining us here tonight for episode number 53 of the second installment of the Radio Network NWO Wolfpack. Uh, J.D., here, if you care to wish to add anything here or comment on anything that we did talk about here tonight before we close off for the evening. Well, before we do it, as you said, uh, definitely check out those pages. And also, please check out our newest site, How Movies Worldwide 2.0. We had a, an original one called Movie Fans Worldwide, but now it's bigger and better than ever. We can add wrestling, we can add music, we can add movie trailers, past, present, and currently. I'll like that past or present as well as actresses or actresses, clips, uh, soundtracks to movies. And of course, you can put your favorite wrestling uh, matches on there as well as old TV shows. However, now we just want to thank George T. Smith, man himself, and myself for the presidents of the club, along with the DT, Mr. WCW himself, along with the Black Widow. Of course, John Gross is our treasurer, along with Gregory Kramer, and of course, our secretaries are Greg H., however, Brandon Jackson, and of course, uh, Michelle's son, uh, Caleb, uh, Mini Brock Lesnar 2.0 Dot. So be sure to check it out. We've already uh, just started this 24 hours ago, and so far we've got about 40, 50 people so far. But like I said, if you want to be a part of it, check it out on Facebook. And uh, like I said, post your favorite movie trailers, clips, moments, however, and maybe do a few reviews as well as wrestling reviews past the present as well. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, this is a great page as well, of course, so you can get um, catch up on a lot of that. Well, uh, and of course, like I said as well, you can also check out the Entertainment Cavalcade page as well, which we have. I've actually started posting like full-fledged movies, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I believe it or not, I've actually got the full-fledged versions of Star Trek Three and also the Star Trek movie from 2009. So uh, definitely check those out as well. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been like, episode number 53 of NWO Wolfpack. Of course, as always, Wolfpack is the second installment of the WCBS Radio Network. <clears throat> uh, be sure to join us tomorrow night for episode number 183 of, I believe that's correct, of, 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 of course, the Mothership Broadcast, WWS Revolution. Um, and, of course, we'll, once again, we will talk to do more wrestling news and views. And then, of course, more history and birthdays here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, um, of course, coming from, coming, from, coming from all of our sources uh, tomorrow night. Uh, of course, our uh, <clears throat> our uh, premier WCBS news team, King Ice. Of course, King W. Duarte T. Smith and the Iceman, Jerry Drama, as well as, of course, King of the Machine, John Gross, as well. And, <clears throat> and of course, like I said, more general wrestling discussion. And of course, as always, with time allotted, uh, more uh, <clears throat> more fantasy uh, uh, matchups, more fantasy brackets, maybe another fantasy draft. Finish off the one that uh, we started uh, last night. Who knows what we'll do? So uh, just be sure to listen to all that here, and like to listen to all of our past episodes, like I said, on the Radio Archives page. NWO Wolfpack, ladies and gentlemen, is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network. Where for one year older and you too, to be bolder, the WCBS Radio Network continues <clears throat> uh, to be and will always be your wrestling connection. Uh, JD and John, take care. See you in the ring. And as always, here in the Radio Network, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. <laughs>